If you'd like to attend the next Mad Thing in a Masjid event, inshallah ta'ala, live in a the masjid, then click on the link below. It will take you to a telegram group that has the details for all the events that we do, inshallah. And you can then find the details for the next Mad Thing in a Masjid, which will be on a Saturday, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah amma ba'd. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa hlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brothers, welcome to the bag in a bag. Who thinks they're going to win today? Think you're going to win, inshallah? Go on. Why are you putting your hands down when you do I know some, I heard some people have been talking, making some strategies, making some plans. Four of them are going to go, if one of them wins, they're going to split 350, 250, 250, four ways. <laughs> inshallah, we're going to do the giveaway. After Salatul Isha. Today, inshallah ta'ala, brothers, we're here to talk about the reality of this dunya. The reality of this, this world. It's important that if you live in this world and you die in this world, you need to know what this world is. And what it means to Allah. And how you as a believer should be in this world. And you need to understand the relationship between this life and the next. Because that's the real life. As Allah just said, when the people see, when the hellfire is brought in front of them, what would they say? They will say, if only we invested in our real life. On that day, they say, if only we invested it, only we sent something forth for our life, because that's the real life. So, what is the relationship between this world and the next? Inshallah ta'ala. You need to understand that this world, there is an enemy that you have. There is a fitna that you have. And it can destroy your deen, which means that your akhirah is destroyed. And what is that? It is the love and the want and the desire of wealth, of money. Of cars, clothes. Look at this hadith that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned. He said, The Prophet ﷺ said, The Prophet ﷺ said, Imagine that you've got two wolves that are hungry and they unleashed on a pack, on a flock of sheep. How are those wolves going to rip those sheep to shreds? How are they going to do it? Are those sheep going to survive? The wolves going to rip the sheep to shreds, open their insides out, blood, organs, everything spilled everywhere. And they're all going to die, they're going to be destroyed. The Prophet said, those wolves released on those sheep are not worse than the love and the energy and the passion for money is on a human when it comes to his deen. As in the way that those, sheep, those wolves are going to destroy those sheep, the love of money is going to destroy your deen the same way. So just picture that. Those wolves are yamming up them sheep, ripping them to bits. That is what the love of wealth and the love of honor and respect and reputation is. Dunya does to your deen. So when you see a person who's focused on money, hustling, grinding, dunya, this, that, you find that there's a correlation between that and a deficiency in his deen. And you'll find that when there is a person who's focused on his deen, Generally speaking, it's turned away from the dunya. That doesn't mean that you don't live in this world. That doesn't mean that you don't work and hard and whatever have you. But where is your priority? 
your money that you earn, that you work, every penny, you're going to be questioned about it on the Day of Judgment in the first place. You know that, right? Every penny that you spend, Allah will ask you, what did you do with this? So then why are you using your money? You're just using it what, to waste time? Spoiling it? Spending it on dumb stuff? Because you'll be asked about that. So then a smart believer uses money in a way that will get him to Jannah. He uses it in a way to get him to? To Jannah, to paradise. The Prophet sallallahu said, فَوَاللَّهِ مَا الْفَقْرُ أَخْشَى عَلَيْكُمْ the Prophet said, I swear by Allah, it is not poverty that I'm fearing for you. But the reason I'm scared for you is that Allah is going to open a dunya for you. The way he opened it on those who came before. And then you compete in the dunya. The way those people before you competed in the dunya. And you'll be destroyed. The way Allah destroyed them. To the point where the Prophet sallallahu told us to fear two things. He said, dunya. The Prophet said, fear the dunya. Nisa. And fear the women. Why? Because the first fitna, the first trial that destroyed the children of Israel was the trial of the women. Pay attention. Women, they want Money. That's what women's fitna is. The men's fitna is the woman. The guy gets money because the woman wants a guy who's got money. The woman wants a man because the man has the money. Do you understand? A man will happily live in his mom's basement and not have to worry about you know too many things. The only reason he goes out there and buys the nice clothes, get the nice car, is because he knows there's a status symbol. It's gonna get me a girl. You do find some strange people like Abu Bakr who just like cars. They just genuinely, I think, you know, if you know, if marriage wasn't a thing, he would still like cars. If women didn't exist, Abu Bakr would still buy like cars. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you've seen him from Ride Out. Um, have, have you guys seen Ride Out before? The show online? MashaAllah. Most of you don't know? Okay, you're going to learn, inshallah. <laughs> but most people, most men won't really care too much about the dunya. What they care about is a woman. But a woman is not going to want a man who's a bum. He just sits at home with curry stains on his t-shirt. In his mum's basement. He's not doing nothing. She wants a man who's going to give her a nice car, a nice house, this, that, whatever have you. Does that make sense? So the Prophet's telling you, fear the dunya, that's the women. Fear the women, that's you. That's you. Does that make sense? Because a man will go and do haram in the dunya and focus in the dunya so he can get the girl. My brothers, this shows you, by the way, the danger of the fitting of women. You know, Atta ibn Abi Rabah is a side point. He used to say that I trust myself more with the wealth of the Muslims than I do with an ugly woman. He said, with the wealth of the Muslims, all the wealth, I trust myself more with that. That money, he's going to be questioned for every penny. If he loses one penny, the Prophet, Allah, what did Allah say? Inna ladhina ya'kuluna amwala liyata'ama ya'kuluna inna ma ya'kuluna fi butunihim nara. The ones who eat the wealth of orphans. Who misspell the word, who misspend the word for orphans, they are eating fire in their stomachs. So people don't like to, the, 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 the people who understand this responsibility, they say, you know, the wealth of the Baytul Mal, the wealth of the Muslims, I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch it. He said, I'd rather be with that and I'll take my risk with that with, with an ugly woman. Saeed ibn Musayb became an 80 year old man, 80 years old, and he became blind. And he said, the thing that I fear the most for myself is women. Brothers, be real with yourself. Does that make sense? And so why have you got girls that are friends? 
Why do you have girls that are friends? No, I'm alright, she's my sister. And then when you do a mad thing with her, you, you, you just done incest. That's what we, that's, do you understand? So everyone's your sister until what? You start catching feelings for her. Brothers, wallahi, don't play with the. You know, Sayyid ibn Sayyid used to say that when shaitan can't stop you from doing the good deeds that you do, he sends a woman to you. He's trying to get you to stop praying, but you can't. Fasting, you're good. Learning, you're, everything good. Coming to classes, masjid, they send a woman to you. When a woman comes into your life, I say, game over, akhi. it's gone. It's gone. Yusuf alayhi salam, Allah even said, That the woman, she wanted Yusuf, she wanted to do zina with him. And had Allah not saved Yusuf, he would have been as well. But Allah saved him. Allah saved Yusuf alayhi salam. He didn't do it, and he didn't want to do it. And he would never have done it. He's a prophet. But why? Allah saved him. Allah is trying to show you, at the end of the day, had Allah not been there for Yusuf alayhi salam, he might have fallen into himself. So why is it that you think you could be alright with a woman? Lower your gaze, my brothers. Tomorrow we have a lecture, by the way. We're going through the lessons from the verse in Surah Al-Nur about the lowering of the gaze. So I would advise you all to come, inshallah ta'ala. It's going to be at 4 o'clock tomorrow, by evening, ta'ala. So the point is that these two things, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi told us to fear, the dunya and the women. Another hadith, the Prophet said, sallallahu alayhi said, he said, inna li kulli ummatin fitna. Every single nation has a fitna. Wa fitna tu ummati al-mal. And the fitna of my nation is wealth, money. That's what they're going to kill each other over. They're going to spill blood over it. They're going to what? They're going to sell their daughters over it. They're going to what? They're going to sell their deen for it. And the hadith, the Prophet said, Ta'isa abdu dinar wa dirham. The Prophet said, destruction be to the one who's a slave of the gold coin and the silver coin. In other words, destruction to the one who's a slave. He worships the penny and the pound. The Prophet said, destruction. Is that a dua the Prophet made? Is that a dua? Yes. Is the, is the Prophet's dua ever rejected? No. So if you start to become a slave to money, not just that, then the Prophet said, Well, Qatifa, well, Khamisa. What's Khamisa? Luxurious clothes. He's a slave, just designer clothes. Gucci. Which I tell him, Come to the masjid, please. He doesn't come. We say, We're giving away a Gucci bag. I'm there. I'm not taking no shots, brothers. Just keeping it real. You understand? Obviously, I know, I know most people, they just, it's just because the reason we do that, I know most people don't come for that. It's because. It just creates a discussion online. More people think, oh, loads of people are going this week, so they come. So I'm not actually, I'm not questioning anyone's intentions. But the point of the matter is that there are some people that are slaves for that man. A man will sell drugs, why? So he can get some nice clothes. He'll sell drugs, why? He'll do what? He'll do a robbery. He'll go do what? Take her alone, riba. So he can have some nice clothes. I have to be like He'll do fraud, scams. Does that make sense? Just so we can have some nice clothes. When Allah is watching and Allah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, What? What did Allah say subhanahu wa ta'ala? Ya yulidhina amanu attaqullahu wa dharu ma baqiya minal riba in kuntum mu'minin fa illam taf'alu fa'adhanu biharbi min Allahi wa rasooli. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, leave off riba. Leave off this haram money. If not, Allah declares war on you. He said, brother, you know, I don't mind going to war with Allah. You know why? Because I'm with my God. Gucci is my God. Louis Vuitton is my God. I buy from these French kufar who insult my messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I buy, I buy Louis Vuitton. These kuffar insult the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I give them money. They mock our Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As a country, come up, made a statement. We're going to mock the Prophet I'm going to go buy what? And I'm going to do what? I'm going to support these shayateen. Already supporting football is bad. But, you know, PSG, all these satanic teams. French, well, like, as Muslim, I don't know how we don't write off France. But we do this. You know why? Because our God is who? Not ours. But people, their God is the dunya. Their God is the clothes. Their God is the penny, the pound. Does that make sense? 
The Prophet said, This person, how do you know a person is a slave of money? How do you know a person is a slave of clothing? How do you know he's a slave? He said, If he's given that money, he's happy. But if he doesn't get money, he's not happy. He becomes happy when he gets. When he doesn't get money, he's sad. He's got health, he's got wealth, he's got family, he's got iman, he's got deen, he's got all these things. But it's not, nothing makes him happy. I had a bad day today. But you come home to a beautiful wife, kids, health, alhamdulillah, home, fridge, and, you know, you've got food in your fridge. But the moment you act, here's 50 pounds. Oh, really? I'm so happy today. Does that make sense? He becomes happy when he's given. And when he's not given, he's sad. So ask yourself, how are you? Does your life revolve around what? I got the gift, I didn't get the gift. Mom, did you buy this for me? No, mom, you didn't buy this game for me. We've got some young brothers here as well. You know what I'm saying? They're only happy what? When they get. If they don't get, they're sad. This person could be falling into shirk. He's got another God besides Allah. So then the question that comes to mind, my brothers and my sisters. Sorry, brothers. I'm assuming we're all men here. Right? Right? Because we live in a a different world. What is the reality of this world? Because you're sitting here saying, well, okay, the Prophet Ali saying, you know, money is a fitna and I've got to be conscious of money and stay away from the dunya and this and that and so on and so forth and blah, 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 blah. You know, all of these things. But the dunya is so nice though. Look at the cars though. Look at the clothes though. Look at the gal though. Look at all these things. So the dunya is a fitna. So then the question comes to mind, is the dunya really all that nice? Or have you just got a bad perspective? You know, sometimes a man wants to marry a girl. And from the outside, she looks good. She's got the niqab on, Allahumma barik. She says, salamu alaikum, mashallah, inshallah, Allahu akbar. You see her profile on Sunnah match. What scholars you take from Ibn Baz, sister, you were born after they died. They are not your teachers. But you know, she's got the right stuff. She's saying, she's saying the right words. And then when you're married to her, you married Iblis's cousin. <laughs> She's what? She speaks before it was all like, you know, now it's like, I walk on. <laughs> and you're like, bro, calm down, sister. What do you mean calm down, blood? <laughs> That's where the girls are nowadays, some of them. Obviously, I'm over-exaggerating, but you understand the point. That sometimes a woman might look a certain way from the outside. When you marry her, she's something else. But the only way you would have known that is if you went to someone who really knew that woman, right? Because you don't know her. Maybe you went to her brother. Maybe you went to her friend and said, look, what's she really on? So, oh, you know, when, when, you know, when you know, it gets dark, the jinn in her comes out. Do you understand? Like, she might, so she might have told you that. But because you didn't ask, you took her on face value and you got deceived. Do you understand? It's like that with the dunya. We look at the dunya face value when we get deceived because we don't actually ask the one who made the dunya what do you say about it? So who made the dunya? Allah. Does Allah know the dunya better? Should I not know that which I created? Allah created the dunya, so he knows it best. So what did Allah tell us about the dunya? In this one verse, Allah summarized the whole dunya. And wallahi, when you look at it, it's so sad, because this is how most of our lives are. And it's actually, not, it's actually so, it's, it's such a low thing, wallahi. It's such a low thing. So Allah said, I'lamu dunya. Pay attention to the way Allah starts the verse. Allah said, I'lamu. It's a command. Allah is saying, have knowledge. You need to know something. 
Wake up! You're deceived! You think this dunya is great? No, let me tell you what it is. dunya. Allah said that the dunya is only the following and nothing else. Meaning the list of things that Allah describes the dunya, that is what it is. Without anything extra. So what is it, Ya Rab? It's playing around. That's the first thing. How much of our life is just playing? We're just playing a PS3 game. Playing a game on your phone. Does that make sense? Or it's playing out in, in the field. And no one's saying sports is bad, but this guy is just living and breathing sports every day. He's just what? Playing. He's just playing. He, all he does is play. All she does is play. Does that make sense? Okay, if he's not playing, what's he doing? Lahu. What's lahu? Amusement. When you're bored, what do you do? You go to cinema, watch a movie, right? Things that are haram you do for amusement. Or even if it's halal. People are doing what? Listen to music, which is haram, for amusement. Why do you go out to the theme park? Why? Is going to the theme park beneficial for you? Do you get something when you go to the theme park? Do you get paid? Do you learn a new skill? Did you grow? Do you, do you improve by going to the theme park? So why do you go to the theme park? I'm not saying it's haram to go to the theme park, by the way. I'm asking you, why do you go to the theme park? Have fun. Amusement. So Allah said, all this world is, is what? Is la'ib. It's a person just playing around. If he's not playing, games, lahu. He's just trying to have fun, amusement. But no actual benefit, no actual substance, no growth. Okay, okay, when he's not doing that, what's he focusing on? Wazinatun, beauty. Just not looking good. He goes to the gym, why? Not because he wants to be healthy. So he can defend the religion of Allah So he can be grateful to Allah For the body that he gave him So he can be a strong believer Because Allah loves the strong believers No, he goes to the gym Why? So his body can look good Does that make sense? Some people got extreme when they go to the gym Like, well, I actually there's Like, you're trying, to, you're trying to define certain muscles in your body That really just having that definition there Doesn't make it any better for you Like, there are certain athletes That don't look like that But he just wants to look like that He just goes overboard And even if he does It's just, our life is just about beauty it's just about beauty, nice clothes, nice cars, the be most beautiful outfit, the most beautiful house, the beautiful decorations. Beauty, beauty, does that make sense? And the girls, that's all, somehow their life is just beauty. Spend half, half, half an hour, an hour a day just doing makeup. Does that make sense? And then every time she walks down the road, she finds a car, she has to look in the mirror and just double check, is the makeup on right? Does that make sense? Oh, my eyebrow's falling off. And she quickly realizes, well, my eyebrow's falling off. Let me just put, fix my eyebrow quickly. Does that make sense? My point is that the whole world is what? It's just it's just beauty. Okay, then no. If it's not that, then what else is it? Boasting. Look what I did. Look what I got. Look at me. Trying to one-up. Every time she's trying to one-up another man. Why do you post your life on social media? When you go on a holiday, your holiday is for you to enjoy yourself. Why do you post it on social media? You're too busy enjoying the experience. So you're too busy from enjoying the experience because you're too busy sharing it with other people. You go to a restaurant. Nice food. The brothers are there. Everything's nice. But you're just taking pictures. Why? Because you're too busy sharing what you're doing with the rest of the world, you don't even enjoy it yourself. Because what? You want to show off, you want to boast. And can I tell you one of the most evil things? There's people who do this when it comes to the deen. They use the deen, start what? Start practicing, got a little social media, start getting some little followers, start talking, and they jahil, they got, they're ignorant anyway, they don't know the deen. They start talking, does that make sense? And it gets to the point that the only reason they're posting is why? It's for followers and fames. Some of them do it because of girls. He's the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. Shaitan! That person's worse than a person who wasn't even doing it for the sake of the deen. A person's got what? A religious following, social media. And he uses it what? To show off when it comes to the deen. He does it what? To show off when it comes to the deen. Showing off is bad anyway, but here it's even worse. 
Oh, Allah said, وَتَكَاثُرُنْ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ Just trying to gather as much wealth as you can. Trying to gather as much children as you can. Is, is there, is, did Allah leave, miss out anything when it comes to the dunya? When we talk about the dunya, we're talking about just the raw dunya. Allah said it's playing around. Amusement. Just passing time by, you know, watching a movie or whatever else. Looking good. Boasting about what you have. Having kids. And of course, kids come through marriage. And number five, as much money as you can possibly get. That's all. So like, if a girl comes and, you know, she's like, she got a pretty face. I'm like, what have you achieved, sister? What, what, what are you? What have you benefited to the world, to, the world, to, to mankind? A couple of years, your beauty is going to fade away, my sister. You spent so much time, well, it's going to fade away. A couple of years, you, 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 you know, may Allah has a result, you know. I mean, you're going to become wrinkly. A man's not even going to look at you twice. Does that make sense? And when you get put inside your grave, those worms are going to yam your face. All those biceps that you built. Brother, it's not big enough to save you from the worms in your grave. Those worms, those maggots are going to eat off your, of your face. They're going to eat off your eyeball, bruv. They're going to finish you. Does that make sense? So at the end of the day, what's this beauty? What is it all? It amounts to nothing. Eventually, it all runs out. Does that make sense? So why is it that we're focusing on things that what? Beauty is going to, go, is going to grow. Even in this life, you're going to lose it. In this life, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose your beauty. Okay, when you, waste, when you spend time just having fun. I don't want to say fun is haram if you do it in a, haram, in a halal way. But you just waste the time. It's a second that you can't get back. Does that make sense? Look at this hadith. It's shocking. The Prophet said, When a person dies, three things follow him to his grave. Pay attention because me and you are all going to die. And this is going to happen to the three of us, to all of us, these three things. When a person dies, three things are going to follow him to his grave. Two of them are going to come back. يَتْبَعُهُ عَفْوًا وَيَبْقَ وَاحِدٌ And only one of them will remain. What is it that's going to go back? What is it that's going to remain? The Prophet said, يَتْبَعُهُ أَهْلُهُ وَمَالُهُ وَعَمَلُهُ Three things that come to the grave is your wealth, your family, and your good deeds. All your bad deeds, your deeds generally, are going to come to you. <coughs> and when these deeds come to you, and you're buried in your grave, and now is the time you're going to live a lonely night. Now is the time that they're just dead bodies right next to you. Dead bodies, literally, just dead bodies. Some of them are being burned in their grave. Some of them are enjoying pleasures in their grave. The angels are going to come to you and they're going to stick it on you. The angels are going to shake you. Savagely. They're going to come ask you three questions. If you're not seeking knowledge, you're not going to, you may struggle to answer those questions. And your friends are going to be them insects. You know when you die, and your body starts to decompose, it releases off a gas. And that gas, it alerts all of the creatures inside of the grave. There's a dead body here. So they come rushing to yam you up. So when this happens, you are now in need of help. You need something to help you in your grave. There were three things that your life can be summarized into. Family, money, and deeds. Your actions. The Prophet said, his family and his wealth, they leave him. His actions remain. So how sad is it? Forget family. You spend your life turning your back on Allah and his deen for friends. Who are not even going to back you in this world. Let alone in the grave. Your own family is going to leave you in the grave. So what about your friends? Of course they're going to leave you. Your friends are leaving you in this life and you keep running after them. You keep running 
after them. Pay attention. Some guys, they run after girls a lot. Wallahi. They run after girls. And, you know, he just wants to get married. And his whole life is about a girl. And maybe, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's a whip little you. And, you know, she's, maybe, maybe she just broke his heart. You know, we're trying to tell him, fear Allah, break up with her for the sake of Allah. You shouldn't be in this haram relationship. He said, but I love her. You know what I'm saying? He's a bit soft, you know? She broke his heart. He's crying at home now. I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you feel better, bro. You know what I'm gonna tell you? If that woman was your wife, yeah, and you actually married her, when you die, you know what she's gonna do? She's gonna cry for a while. Because she's a human, right? Natural to cry. But then she's gonna get over you. She's gonna forget about you. And then she's gonna start feeling lonely again and she's gonna want another man. And she's gonna get another man. And the house that you built for her, and all that time you spent building that house, building that yard, putting that bed in that bed sheet, she's going to bring another man onto your bed. And that man will enjoy your wife. He will enjoy her. She'll call him babe. She'll call him honey. And if you have kids, your kids will call him dad. And she's not wrong for doing that. That's the world. Your own wife is going to eventually move on, brother. And as every day passes, your memory becomes weaker. But as every day passes in the grave, your flesh becomes even less. And your situation gets worse and worse. Some brothers wake up and smell the coffee. You're running after these girls, man. Running after this dunya, running after this money. And your family goes back. And your wealth goes back. What use is all these cars and clothes and everything that you work for? But none of it is going to come into your grave, man. In fact, your family, when they go back, they're going to fight over all of the things that you, that, you, that you earned, what? For inheritance. How many times is it that I've been with a family and someone in the family died? Yeah, someone died. Yeah, sometimes their son died. Maybe got murdered. Literally a couple of days later, um, they've, they've sold his stuff. They've given it to charity. They've given it out. You sold drugs, you did fraud to get all of those clothes and those cars and you did all of that. You done riba. Maybe you even didn't even do it in a haram way. Maybe you did it in a halal way, but you spent all that effort earning that dunya. And then when you die, what it means nothing to your mom. She's gonna say, We need to pay the bills. I'm selling this car. It's not like they're gonna keep your car. It's not like they're gonna keep your car. Fatanaba ubi dalik. Be attentive to that. Another hadith, the Prophet said, Ala inna mal'una. The Prophet said, The world is cursed. Mal'unun ma fiha. Everything inside of the world is cursed. Except for four things. Illa dhikrallah. The remembrance of Allah is the only thing. And then, wama wala. Anything that pleases Allah is the Wa'aliman. A person who has knowledge. Aw muta'aliman. A person who is seeking knowledge. Was your profession mentioned in there? Was your children mentioned in there? Was the sport that you play in, the game that you mentioned, is it mentioned in there? Was your country, your nation mentioned in there? All of that is cursed. Everything in your life is cursed. Your children are cursed. Do you remember Allah? Do you do dhikr? Do you read Quran? Do you pray salah? Number two, do you please Allah? Do you please your Lord? Number three, do you have knowledge? Are you a jahil? Okay, maybe you don't have knowledge. 
Mutaalliman. Are you studying? Are you trying to gain knowledge? Do you come to the masjid? Or have you abandoned knowledge? You turned away from the masjid. You abandoned knowledge. Some brothers, they come, they used to seek knowledge. But they got busy with the dunya. They got busy. Like the hypocrites. Allah says, The hypocrites who didn't come and fight with you, Muhammad, they're going to come and say to you, They're going to say, We became busy with work and family. You tell a brother, Come to the masjid. Sorry. He tells you what? I've got work. Come to the masjid. I've got kids. Allah gave you those wife and kids and he can take them away from you, man. Come and learn about your Lord. You live your whole life, you're going to die and you don't even know Allah's names. You don't even know Allah's names. How are you going to answer the question in the grave when angels say to you, Man, Rabbuk, who is your Lord? I want to ask you, who is your prophet? You don't even know his second name. He says, Muhammad, what? And it's worthy for you to know his second name. How you know? How are you going to say he's my prophet? How are you going to recognize me? You don't even know what he looks like. What his sunnah was. This is why the Prophet is trying to tell you this word, it distracts you from the circles of knowledge. It distracts you from the dhikr. It distracts you from the obedience of Allah. No one's saying you can't have a good time in the dunya. But this is not the eternal abode. This ends 60, 70 years. That life, it has no end. Knowledge gets you there. Zikr gets you there. Ibadah gets you there. It's not enough to do ibadah without knowledge. Have to seek knowledge. This way it's worthy for you to pray your salah. It's worthy for you to come and learn how to pray salah. Hadith the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لو كانت الدنيا, if this world, تعدل عند الله جناها بعودة if this world had any value to Allah. The value of a mosquito's wing, break down the hadith. Is a mosquito valuable? When you go to a pawn shop, what do you do? You, 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 you give an item so they give you some money, right? You give an item so they give you money, right? If you go to a pawn shop with a mosquito, how much are they going to give you? Hmm? Mosquito only doesn't have value, it's annoying. Say, bro, you bought a mosquito. This thing gonna sting me, bro. So number one, it's annoying, it's frustrating. It's not even that it doesn't have value. Like for example, it's interesting. The prophet said mosquito, an ant. The prophet could have said, Does that, "If you imagine you try to sell someone an ant," I said, "Yeah, I've got enough in my back garden, bro. You try to sell me an ant for, but an ant doesn't harm you. An ant just chills, walk around, might be in your face, and then you realize it's cool inside your beard. <laughs> There's no ants in my beard, alhamdulillah, because I'm from the brothers that maintains this beard. You understand?" Condition, shampoo. You know what I'm saying? You have to take care of your bed. Alarm battery. But ants don't get in the way. Mosquito, it doesn't have value like an ant doesn't have value. But a mosquito, you want to kill it. A mosquito, you want to kill it. The Prophet said, he's not, he didn't say a mosquito. He said the wing of a mosquito. Not two wings, one wing. Imagine now you come to a brother, you say, ah, you trying to buy a wing of a mosquito from me? Mosquito is bad enough, but you're trying to send him a wing of a mosquito? It has no value. Has no value. 
The Prophet said, if the dunya even meant to Allah in value the wing of a mosquito, Allah would not have let a kafir drink a sip of water. Does Allah love the kufar? No. So why does Allah let them drink? He doesn't care about this world. If you come to a place, a house is messy, I'm going to say, brother, he doesn't care about his yard. <laughs> he doesn't take care of his yard. Some brothers, you know, they don't take care of their car. They don't really care about their car. It's not important. They just got bird poo stains all over. Does that make sense? He doesn't care. When, when you just let whatever happen, you don't care about this. Allah has no... This doesn't mean anything to Allah Azza wa Jal. So he lets the kuffar drink. Not sip. Sips, drink. Allah does not care about this world. Now, you know what's sad? Is that if you come to me and imagine I made the phone. Imagine this iPhone, I designed it. Imagine I designed the iPhone and I told you, listen, you see this phone that I made? It's terrible, don't buy it. Would you ever buy it? Who would be the dumb one who would buy it? <laughs> I believe you're more intelligent than that, Allah Barik. You wouldn't buy a phone, right? And the guy who made it, imagine you go to a bakery and you're trying to reach for a donut. And the, ba and, and, the, and the baker goes, I wouldn't get this one, you know. This is actually one of the bad ones. Are you going to buy it? Because they know it. They made it, right? Allah made the dunya. He knows the dunya better than anyone. And Allah is telling you, this dunya is bad. It's not valuable. It doesn't have value. So why are you running after something that Allah has told you? It has no value. There's a hadith that shocks me. The Prophet said, One of the people that lived the best life in the dunya, cars, clothes, luxury, money, women, respect, everything. He had it all. He reached the top of the food chain in the dunya. He's going to what? Be brought. He's going to be dipped into the hellfire. Just one dip. One dip. Just dip one, once. And then he's going to be asked, Ya ibn Adam, Hal ra'ayta khayran qat? Hal marra bika na'eemun qat? Have you ever seen any good? Have you ever enjoyed anything in your life? And the man will say, La wallahi ya Rab, I swear by Allah my Lord, I've not seen any good. He'll say, I've never seen any good in my life. One dip in the hellfire will make you forget every girl. One dip in the hellfire will make you forget every, every, every blessing that you had. So is it worth it if you're going to spend eternity in there? Or several years in there? Centuries perhaps in there? In there? Millenniums perhaps? Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَيُؤْتَى بِأَشَدِّ النَّاسِ بُؤْسًا فِي الدُّنْيَا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ فَيُسْبَغُ صَبْغَةً And a person who suffered the most in this world. Poverty, hardship, illnesses, sicknesses. Sadness, pain, suffering. The one who suffered the most in the dunya for the people of Jannah. And he's going to be placed inside of paradise once. Just one dip. And paradise is so banging that when he's asked, Ya ibn Adam, or son of Adam, Hal ra'ayta butsan qat? Hal marra bika shiddatun qat? Oh, son of Adam, have you ever seen any pain? Have you ever had any hardship? He'll say, La wallahi. He'll say, La wallahi ya rabbi. He'll say, La wallahi ya rabbi. Ma marra bi butsun qat? I've never suffered. What is suffering? I just did only go dip in paradise for one second. He saw the girls in general. He said, What? He said, What? What? I don't know about pain. What pain do I know about? I've never seen hardship. I've never seen no distress. One dip in paradise makes you forget 
all of the pain here. And one dip in health will make you forget all, this, all of the, what, the joys that you abandoned Allah for. Does that make sense? This is why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi used to say, Allahumma la isha illa isha al-akhirah. Oh Allah, there's no life except for the life of the next life. And Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala used to say that if you come across something from the dunya that amazes you, you should say this. You know, because when you say something, it has an effect on your heart. Allahumma la isha illa isha al-akhirah. Oh Allah, there's no life except for the life of the next world. So then, okay, we're in this world, we're living in it, how should we be? What should you be doing in this world? Okay, you've got to go, you've got to eat your food, you've got, you know, you've got to work. But there are some primary things that you need to be doing. One of the things that you need to be doing is crying in this world. Crying over what? Crying over your sins. Crying over the fornication. Crying over what? The people that you harmed. The people that you robbed. The disrespect to your parents. The praise that you missed. That's what you need to be crying over. That's what you need to be crying over. Every night you sinned and you disobeyed Allah. Every night that you watch something filthy, you need to be crying over that. Allah said, أَفَمِنْ هَذِي الْحَدِيثِ تَعْجَبُونَ Is it over this Qur'an that you're amazed? That you're astonished and you're wondering? وَتَضْحَكُونَ وَلَا تَبْكُونَ And when you hear these reminders and you hear the Qur'an, you laugh and you don't cry. You don't cry over your sins that are past and you don't cry over the grave that awaits you and the day of judgment that awaits you. وَأَنْتُمْ سَامِدُونَ And rather, what do you do? You listen to music after. You joke and play around and you mock the deen. Let's go watch Netflix. Let's just go kick it now. Have some food and laugh now. You heard the Quran and it meant nothing to you? Rather, Allah said, Fasjudu lillahi wa'abudu. Allah said, Make sujood to your Lord and worship Him. This ayah, these verses are so powerful. When the whole of Quraysh heard it, all of them, Muslim kafir, fell into sujood to make sujood to Allah. Even Abu Jahl. And a Muslim will hear this. Is his heart harder than these mushriks? It can't because he's a Muslim. So why is it that he's not submitting to his Lord? There's a hadith that really changed my life and this is one of the most closest statements to my heart from a companion. And it's the reason that I never missed a prayer, alhamdulillah, since I came to the deen. And I asked Allah Azza to keep me steadfast and all of you and protect us from falling off because we don't know how we're going to die tomorrow. I really hope that you can hear this statement and you can live with it the way I try to live with it. The Prophet's companion, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, he said, إِذَا أَمْسَيْتَ He said, if you make it to the night time, فَلَا تَنْتَظِرِ الصَّبَاحِ Don't expect that you're going to wake up in the morning. وَإِذَا أَصْبَحْتَ And if you make it to the morning, فَلَا تَنْتَظِرِ الْمَسَاءِ don't think you're going to live to the night. You can die at any moment. You can die at any moment. How many people you see, they're with you, next thing, they're not. Don't leave off worshipping Allah. Don't leave off Tawbah. Don't leave off Tawbah. If you've got sins, if you've got girls on your phone right now, delete every single one of them before you leave. you got music, get rid of it. you got the Netflix app, delete it. you got friends that are bad, cut them off. If you don't leave it off now, it's always going to be with you. You're going to forget everything I said as soon as you walk out the door. And it takes, it's going to take what? Some girl to text you and then you've forgotten about it. Delete it all. Just abandon everything. If you leave this masjid, cut off everything. If social media is a fitna, cut it off for you. Delete the app before you go. 
If these girls don't call you back, snap the sim before you leave and get a new sim in the morning because you don't know when you're going to die. But never go to sleep thinking, I'll pray, I'll start praying five times a day from tomorrow. Who said you're going to be awake tomorrow? Salaf will say that death is like a sword stretched out over the neck of every single one of you. Death is like a sword on all of our necks. And in the second Allah didn't tell the angel of death, that's it, take him out. And he's gone. One of the Salaf, they said to a man, they said, lead us in salah. He says, you know what, not now, I'll lead the next prayer. They said, you're not leading this prayer, nor the next prayer, because you're a sinner, you're a fasik. Why? He said, who told you you're going to live to the next prayer? He actually believed he was going to live to the next prayer. The Salaf would live, no, no, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the next salah. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Does that make sense? Live like that. Death can come at any time. Okay. How was the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa when it came to the dunya? I want us to take examples of how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was when it came to the dunya. You know why? Because who was the greatest man who ever touched this earth? Who was the most honorable man who ever came to this earth? Muhammad ibn Abdullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam There was no one greater than him Is there anyone that Allah loved more than him? Is there anyone Allah honored more than him? Okay, so he was the greatest, the most honored He's Sayyid Waladi ibn, uh, uh, Sayyid um, of the children of Adam alayhi salam He's the leader of all of the prophets So if this dunya had value and if this dunya was great, then the Prophet would have had the greatest portion of it. Yes or no? Because the, the Prophet was the greatest, he has the greatest of the all anything that's good, he has it. To the point where all of what the prophets had of good, Allah gave it to the Prophet. Yusuf had beauty, Allah made him beautiful. Isa when Allah's permission could bring the dead back to life, Allah gave it to the Prophet. He could make people who are sick, he could uh, cure them with Allah's permission, Allah gave it to the Prophet. Musa threw his staff, Prophet Isa with Allah's permission split the moon. Anything that any Prophet had, the Prophet had better. His manners was the best, everything was the best, his Sharia was the best, his Ummah was the best, the Quran that came to the best. The Prophet was the best. So then Allah would give him the best, yes or no? Okay, then what was the Prophet's situation with the dunya? One time the Prophet's wife, when the Prophet had died, she was speaking to her nephew, Urwa. And she said to him, Wallahi, my nephew, I swear by Allah. She said, I swear by Allah, my nephew, I used to watch the moon. And I used to see the moon again, the new moon. And I used to see the new moon again. Two months would go by. Two months would go by and there would not be a single fire that was lit in the Prophet's house. What did she mean by that? Nothing was cooked. They used to cook with fire. Imagine three new moons passed and not one meal was cooked in your house. And then nephew asked, he said, so how do you live? He said, we lived off water and dates. One time the Prophet The Prophet said, if, so, if I had a mountain of Uhud in worth of gold, I would not like three nights to pass and even anything from that money is with me. I want to give it all for the sake of Allah. Spend it all. You know why? Because brothers, the money that you spend is what remains. 
Some of us think, he gives to charity, how much money you got left? He said, I've got five pounds left, I gave away ten. No, Akhi. You've got ten pounds left. That five pounds is going to come out your backside when you buy food and you go to the toilet. So the charity that you give remains. The Prophet understood, let me just give it. For the sake of Allah When Umar saw the people indulging in dunya, and they had the dunya, look at this, is so sad, wallahi. When Umar saw the people indulging in the dunya, he said to them, لَقَدْ رَأَيْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ يَظِلُّ الْيَوْمَ يَلْتَوِي مَا يَجِدُ دَقَلًا يَمْلَأُ بَطْنَهُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ He said, Wallahi, he said, one time I saw the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he was in so much pain because of hunger, his body curled up and he was curled up and he couldn't even find bad quality dates to fill his stomach Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Aisha radiallahu anha said, Tawfiya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam وَمَا فِي بَيْتِي مِنْ شَيْءٍ يَأْكُلُهُ ذُو كَبِدٍ She said, when the Prophet died Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the house there was nothing in the house that a human being could eat. There was nothing that a human being could eat. It just had some barley. So even I ate that and it finished. Barley. Imagine every day eating barley. One time, Abu Hurairah was walking past a group of people. So they invited him because they had cooked a sheep. They roasted a sheep. He said, come eat with us. The Prophet's companion. Kharaj, and then what did he say? He declined. He said, I can't eat this. He respectfully declined the offer. He said, Kharaja Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam min al-dunya. He said, the Prophet left this world. وَلَمْ يَشْبَعَ مِنَ الْخُبْزِ الشَّعِيرِ Never once did he fill his stomach with even barley. The Prophet lived this world, he didn't eat these things. He didn't even fill his stomach once. Even with the food that he had, the barley, he didn't even fill his stomach with that. And I just, not that he's saying it's haram. He's not saying it's haram. But he said, I can't bring myself if, it was, if this meal was good, the Prophet would eat it. But it's about the meal in Jannah that we're waiting for. Anas said, لم يأكل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على خوانن حتى مات وما أكل خبز مرققا حتى مات He said the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم never once sat at a table to eat food. He lived his whole life and he died and never sat at a table to eat. And the Prophet said his whole life, he lived and he died, he never even tried a thin sliced toasted piece of bread. He never tried it. So, even when the Prophet died, he just had very few things. From the things he had was a shield. He had armor. And even that, it was in the hands of a Jewish man. You know why? Because the Prophet ﷺ, he done something called rahan, which in English you call it collateral, where you got money, but I got an item. Let me give you this item and you give me money and then I'll pay you back after. The Prophet didn't have enough money to eat food. So he gave a Jewish man his armor. He said, you hold this for me. And he gave the Prophet some food. Does that make sense? And the Prophet died. And even his shield was with It was with a Jewish man. He didn't even have, a, he, he had nothing. So I said, when he died, what did we had, it was gone. So my brothers, what I just benefits to what? Turning away from this dunya and not enjoying the pleasures of this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَيَوْمَ يُعْرَ Pay attention, look at this verse. Allah said, وَيَوْمَ يُعْرَدُوا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا عَلَى النَّارِ Allah said, the day that the kuffar are going to be presented to the hellfire, 
أذهبتم طيباتكم في حياتكم الدنيا واستمتعتم بها is going to be said to them أذهبتم on the day of judgment the pleasures you've used them it's going to be said you use the pleasures أذهبتم طيباتكم في حياتكم الدنيا Oh, you're not getting no girls. You use the girls in this life. You don't get to drink from rivers of wine. You drank from wine in the nightclubs here. You don't get to listen to what? The singing that's going to take place in paradise. You were too busy listening to music here. You don't get to what? Hang out with the Prophet You were too busy hanging around with Amanda on the block here. And you enjoyed the dunya. You enjoyed them girls. You enjoyed that money. You enjoyed your weed and your drugs and you enjoyed hanging out on the blocks. You enjoyed your Gucci. You enjoyed them things there. Does that make sense? So you used up your pleasures. Now on this day, you're just going to get punished. Now you're going to be punished. That's what awaits you today. Does that make sense? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, يَدْخُلُ الْفُقْرَاءَ الْجَلَّ قَبْلَ الْأَغْنِيَاءِ بِخَمْسِمِئَةِ عَامٍ The Prophet said, the poor people will enter paradise 500 years before the rich people. Another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, قُمْتُ عَلَى بَابِ الْجَنَّةِ فَكَانَ عَامَةَ مَنْ دَخَلَهَا الْمَسَاكِينَ The Prophet said, I stood by the door of Jannah and, I, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said what? That he noticed that the majority of the people who enter inside of paradise are the poor people. Shows man, not saying money is haram, but it shows you when people get money, they lose focus of the deen. Forget they're broke trying to get money, they don't even have it, they've already lost focus of the deen. Does that make sense? They've already lost focus of the deen. But some will say, But what about the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Don't forget your portion of this world. No one's telling you to forget your portion. But the reality is that you live for the dunya more than the akhirah. Change it, switch it up. And not just that, by the way, some of the scholars said that that verse is not even, not even what you mean. It's not even what you think it means. It's not even that, don't forget your portion, as in the, the verse is telling you, you know, get your portion of the dunya in terms of wealth. No. Imam Qurtubi, in his kitab Tadqa, which is a book about the afterlife, he said the scholars mention that this is talking about the white, Shroud that you're going to be buried within your grave Because the only thing from this dunya that goes into your grave is what? Only material thing from this dunya The only wealth that you actually have that goes into the grave is what? The sheet that you're going to be wrapped in It's going to be, that's the only thing that you're going to go into your grave with So then make sure you've got that And make sure you've got it from halal money Imagine when you die You're going to be wrapped inside of a shroud that you made from what? Drugs you're going to be wrapped in a shroud that you made from what? Drugs, or fraud, or lying and cheating, or riba, or some other transaction that Allah has made impermissible. Imagine that is the case. So at least make sure that what you have, you have it from halal. To conclude, inshallah, what I want to mention is the way that Allah he describes Jannah. And in the Quran, the Jannah description is massive. I just want to give you a small glimpse at the way Jannah is because we've talked about how bad the dunya is and the dunya gets in the way and destroys your deen which mashes, mashes up your akhirah so then what is the akhirah? there's hellfire we're not going to talk about that let's talk about paradise 
Allah Azza wa Jalla said, "Inna al-abrar la fi naim." Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, "The ones who are good, they're gonna be in pleasure." Imagine being in a state of pleasure. Like, is Allah not even telling you what you're doing? Just you're gonna be in pleasure. Alal araiki yandurun. You're gonna be on these beautiful couches, just looking. Pay attention. You know, looking is a good time. Why is it that men find it so hard to look away from a woman? Why? Because you like to look at things that are beautiful, right? You shouldn't look at the woman because you're not married to her. It's haram for you. But the reason why it's hard for you is because we like to look at things that are nice. Why is people on social media just looking at things? A guy's just going through different what, websites and just looking at clothes all day. We like to look at things. Does that make sense? You come to your house. Why do you decorate it? Because you like to look at a nice house when you come in. Imagine your garden in paradise is just beautiful. Just looking beautiful. And then guess what? What's the greatest thing that you look at in paradise? Allah. To give you an understanding of how amazing it is to look at Allah because the Prophet said when you look at Allah it's the most beautiful thing that you looked at never is nothing greater than that and there's going to be no pleasure in paradise greater than looking at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So then pay attention The Prophet Allah, Allah told us in the Quran the story of Yusuf How handsome was Yusuf? When the women looked at him They cut their fingers Because they were so enjoy they were looking at him enjoying looking at how handsome this man is They cut their fingers And they said They said he's not a man this is an angel This is an angel of Allah This is not a human So Ibn Qayyim says then what, what will it be When you see the most beautiful The source of all beauty And that is Allah What it will be when you see his face Allah said You will know the pleasure That they're in By their faces And this is the part That I want to come to Inshallah ta'ala Allah said They're going to be given a drink it's called the sealed nectar. The drink is called, that just sounds banging. The sealed nectar. Rahiqim maktoum. Now, what does the drink taste like? What's the first sip of the drink? Allah doesn't tell you what the drink tastes like. This drink is special, by the way. This drink is amazing because Allah decided to talk about the drink to describe and represent one of the greatest pleasures in paradise. So, this drink is amazing. But Allah doesn't tell you what the drink tastes like. He didn't tell you the first sip, He doesn't even tell you the flavor. He says, misk. He said, the ending of the drink. Why is Allah talking about the end? Pay attention, the ending of the drink is the worst part, is it not? When you drink tea, who drinks the end? Well, you leave the end. When you have a milkshake, you leave the end. You drink coffee, you leave the end. The last part of the drink, the smoothie, we leave it. It's the lumpy part with all the pieces. It's the part that we don't like. Allah says, That the ending of this drink is misk. The ending of the drink is what? It's misk. Misk is that beautiful fragrance in this life. Imagine how misk is in Jannah. So Allah is telling you that the ending, which is the worst part of the drink, how banging it is, then imagine what the first sip is going to be like. My brothers, this drink is so amazing that wallahi, if you lived and died and worshipped Allah every night, and all you got at the end was the joy of this drink, wallahi, it would be better than all of the dunya and everything inside of it. And that's why Allah He said, Inside of that, for that, compete. Compete for this drink. Go hard now. Memorize the Quran now. Pray. Go to the masjid now. First row in the masjid now. Pray your salah now. Do your dhikr now. Seek knowledge now. Give charity now. Compete. Why? For what? For the drink. That's how banging it is. Then what about everything else? What about your houses? What about what? The things that you're going to have in paradise What about your wives? What about 
hanging out with the Messenger وسلم, What about kicking it with the companions of the Prophet What about seeing your parents that passed away? What about seeing that some of us, we're, you know, we're from countries where we've not always been Muslim. So imagine seeing the first man in our lineage that accepted Islam and brought Islam to our family. Imagine seeing your kids, 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 everyone's together. And by no stress, no one's beefing, no one. Some brothers come to the mission, they're looking over their shoulder, other ops around. In Jannah, everyone's not an up, everyone's good. We end by saying that Allah Azza wa Whatever is with you, it will end. What is with Allah Azza wa will remain. Allah said, You prefer the worldly life, but what Allah has is better, and it lasts forever. If you'd like to get more information about when the next event is going to be, the location, time, place, date, click the link below and join the Telegram group that will take you to a group where we have all the information about all of our live events. Wanted to give those of you who are not able to make it an opportunity to participate in the khair. And that is that, inshallah, if you would like to contribute towards the expenses of these events, we don't charge anyone to attend, but we do have a lot of expenses, food, whatnot, the giveaways that attract the people to come in and whatever have you. As you can see, it brings in the youth, the youngsters, the ones who you know, we really need to reach out to them and get them in the masjid. Who knows, someone may come to the masjid, completely change their life. And of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the primary reason for that. But then Allah might have made you a means for that person or those people to change. So donate as generously as you can at the link below. And inshallah ta'ala, please come and attend. So hopefully we see you there, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum, peace.